This episode is sponsored by Vorboss. Check them out in the description below. We have a little tradition we'd like to we'd like to do on the on the show, which is for every guest that we have. Obviously, the whole point of the podcast is is sort of practical advice for people sort of in the early stages or whatever they did what they did um so obviously it's a little bit on the spot so if you want to take some time that's fine but uh we'd like to say if there was any one piece of advice that you could give someone who might be looking to start anything could be a creative career or a business or charity anything but looking to do their own thing um what's one piece of practical advice you'd give them um could be to do with funding hiring negotiating anything literally anything um but something less mindset focused and more sort of hands-on that you might say um that's a tough question because I'm not sure what it depends what it is they want to do. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like setting up a company to to put it on a play is two different things. But I suppose I would, if I was to give one piece of advice that was about actioning, I would say to set yourself a target of whatever it is that you want to do and then create a um a board whether that's your friends or or people that you trust uh, in and and have skills in what it is you want to do and make them hold you accountable to what it is you want that first step that you want to take mm. so whether that's four or five people um and you talk to them about what it is you want to do and if that first step is i want to write a play then that that core that you've put together says, you know, they're onto you and they say, well, this is your deadline and, and they're always checking in with you, making sure you're doing what you're doing. Because I think if you have somebody or people to hold you accountable, mm. I think it makes things a lot easier. I think, mm. you know, there's it, it so much distraction in this world. It's so easy so to true. come off track. So I really think it's about having people around you that can, you know, kind of keep you on that streamline and keep you focused. Mm. So, yeah. Getting, getting a group of people together to hold you accountable. There is many things, as you know, to, mm. that you can add, and depending on what frame of mind you're in, but I'm going to go back to the thing that um, quality of product, quality of service, quality. You know, it st sticks in my head when somebody says to me, people will always pay for quality. Mm. So I, I, I would say that, you know, whatever you're doing, quality. You know, we're, 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 you know it might be a cheap product, but the way you present it, you know, you've got that quality, you've got, you know, and I keep, all that keeps coming in my mind, people will always pay for quality. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the one thing I would, as a business tip is, you know, make it a quality product, a quality service. Just the word quality, I think, sticks out for me. The, the first one um, would be to be very deliberate about your time and where you're spending it and spend it on where you know the needle is going to be moved most and do that thing first because um, i think all too often um, and I, I know i did this um, you end up getting to the end of the day and the thing that was actually the most important thing to do you haven't done um, and then that might roll into the next day so be very deliberate about your time and the next one which is something everyone can do is i'd recommend just sell something on ebay just get a product and just go and sell it just see what happens um you'll make some money out of it you might learn something you might mm. talk to a customer um so yeah just just sell a product monty's on commission with ebay <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah. Yeah. we'll put the link in buy it don't worry yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's right. yeah. your facebook marketplace whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah no if somebody's done that i can completely see the value in that um monty not monty sorry dad do you want, do you want anything to add um, yeah I, for me one we mentioned already a little bit about working on your business rather than in it it's so easy to get consumed in the business and not think about 
how you can take that step forward if you're incredibly busy and you're doing mm. well but take that step back even if it's half a morning just book it out mm. and say you know what for all of this morning i'm not going to care about anything else going on i'm going to sit and go through where i want the business to be and how that's going to happen so that's that's the first thing um on tradition with furniture what's i'll go for a second one as well please do is um i think it's seizing opportunity so ev- anytime something it might be good or bad happens think how's that going to impact me and how can i win from the situation because a lot of companies through covid um didn't go online very quickly and thought oh this is terrible you know um, this is going to close down our stores we we thought the same thing we were like oh this mm. is awful how yeah. are we gonna how are we gonna work with this but the first thing we said is right okay what happens if this happens mm. how can we keep the business going forward how can we capitalize on that and so anything that goes wrong um look at it and say how can we turn this into a positive whether you just d- determine this as practical or not i truly believe in getting a co-founder and if not one two all the data suggests that sole founders are like far more likely to fail and or, or to put another way companies with more than one founder um, i think the sweet spot is usually three is three co-founders um, far more likely to succeed. The reason is obvious, not just that you have different skill sets, so you're bigger than the sum of your parts, which is of course true, but it's that it's an incredibly emotional thing to start a business. It's incredibly creative and exciting and exhilarating and potentially profitable and all these things, mm. but it's very emotional. Some days you don't want to get out of bed. Some days you're sick of doing it. And then that's when you need your other co-founder yeah. to be like, let's do it. So that's a practical thing that that's truly is fine. It might cost you half your equity, mm. but it will like more than double your chances of success. And so I think the ma- maybe if you're a sole trader or something, a painter and decorator, you don't need a co-founder, but I think most people need, need, need that emotional support. Um, you also want to share the journey with somebody. Like one thing you'll notice is nobody gives a fuck about your company. Mm. Like really nobody cares that much. They may, you might pretend to care at a barbecue, but like, that's about it. And so like to get yourself motivated when you're constantly being rejected, which you will every day mm. at the beginning, you need someone to go, oh yeah, but they're idiots. They don't get it, you know? And maybe they are idiots and yeah. so they don't get it. So I, I just think, even if you don't, even if you think you've got everything right and you know, and you're the smartest guy in the world and you've got product market fit and you've done your business plan, uh, maybe you get a co-founder. That's what I would say. A lot of podcasts focus on things like, you know, believe in yourself, inspiration, work hard, all this kind of stuff. But we like to really drill into practical steps. You know, we've had um, people come in and talk about, you know, uh, hiring advice or advice on getting your first client and things like yeah. that. So there was one piece of practical advice for someone listening. Yeah, one, to one piece of practical advice is your business becomes real when you've made your first sale. Mm. That, that's what I would say. So make your first sale as quickly as possible because that will accelerate your journey. And that's practical. You go and make the offer you know, make a good offer to someone. I don't care if you undersell it. I don't care if you sell it too cheap. Make your first sale. That will then generate your your first revenue. And by generating your first revenue, that's when your business becomes real. It's when you get a taste. Mm. It's like a vampire tasting blood, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, literally, you've had a taste now. You understand that, hey, if you make an offer, someone will say yes. And if you don't know how to do that, go and speak to 100 people, make 100 offers. You make 100 offers, even if 99 say no, one will say yes. So we like to ask all our guests if there's one piece of practical, actionable advice that you could give, could be to do with hiring, budgeting, marketing, whatever, anything else. There's one piece of practical advice. What would you give to someone listening who's looking to start a business? Um, I think plan effectively or try and plan for every eventuality because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, and I think if we'd done better planning in the beginning, we'd, we'd have known our data better Mm. and then been able to make better decisions. Mm. Um, and then knowing your data 
we didn't do that at the beginning. And if we'd have known our data better, I do think we could have scaled faster. What's one piece of advice that you might give? I think one thing I do as a CEO and, co and a founder, um, and it's such a basic advice, but you often don't see people like founders or CEOs doing this, is write daily to-do lists. And it's, uh, some, it's so simple. Like I used to go in all my CEO's rooms like when I was called for meetings and I never saw a to-do list on, on the table. Yeah. And often it's because they have so many people around them that you know do things for them. Um, but I think it's so important to, and I do it on a piece of paper. I don't do it on an iPad or a tech guy. I, sh I shouldn't, but I don't. I like to have it tangible in front of me. I write down every day a realistic to-do list and I cross out throughout the day mm. and I like to tear it up at the end and throw it in the dustbin <laughs> and I don't leave the office ideally until I finish that but that's why it's so important to set it realistically not put everything that you need to do for the whole week like just put and I think honestly it puts structure it makes you feel way more organized and also make sure the business is more organized and you also have this sense of accountability I think which is needed at every level yeah and completely. it also shows your team that you're working a practical one would be when people when founders start out, actually two things. Firstly, they obsess about the product and they try to cram too many features. All that is fully irrelevant. Everything's gonna change rapidly many times. So instead of spending so much time getting to market, you just wanna get out there and speak to people. Mm. You can also be speaking to people and asking the right questions, like your target customer, not random people, to influence what you're creating and like a lot quicker, like do that first. Whereas founders tend to be like, I have this awesome idea. It's going to shake the world. I don't need anyone to hear this. And that's wildly stupid because ultimately it's what the customer says that drives the product. So just do that. Speak to the customer. That's the first thing. And it's a mistake almost everyone makes again and again. And then the second bit is actually second free advice. People always underprice themselves. We did that when we started. We we didn't think we needed to make any margin. We didn't think, we just thought, let's just get the chefs, but we don't want any other chefs. It, we just prized ourselves to the point where we are taking away from our own upside. And it's always difficult going from very low to then increasing and changing. Yeah. Just, and YC's advice here is just charge how much ever you can. Charge crazy and then go down. Mm. Like you'll always be able to reduce. You'll always be able to discount. You'll figure that level. But if you start there, you, can, like you can't go up as mm. easily. Those two bits. Okay. Amazing. I think my advice might be really, really basic. But I'm just thinking about, um, I was reading this article um, the other day and it was about how starting a company, becoming like a founder can be quite elitist because you need funding or you need to be able to sustain yourself without a full-time job. So if I had known this before, I would have started not wasting my finance bonus <laughs> A lot earlier, where, mm. whereas I felt like my first few years starting off in my job were quite profligate. I've never like thought about saving and all of these mm. things, whereas that actually enables you to do something else and to start a business and have a personal runway to bootstrap for a while before your idea is at a point where you can raise money. So I just think that is super basic, but it's enabling people or not enabling them from actually going into entrepreneurship. Um, just uh, just before we wrap up, uh, it's been such an amazing interview. Um, there's there's one question we ask all of our guests, right? Which is basically, obviously this is about sort of practicality and, and it's about sort of actionable things rather than sort of vague, generalized, sort of, you know, work hard, believe in yourself, that kind of thing. So we always ask our guests, if there was one thing that you would say to someone who's maybe already started a business or is thinking about starting one, one practical piece of advice you could give could be to do with marketing, hiring, budgeting, anything. Anything practical, if you could give one piece of advice, what would that be? 
So a very practical, very marketing-y piece of advice would be take £100, spend it on Google AdWords or a channel to just like test if someone wants to buy the thing that you're selling, you know, blank page on the other side, take 15 minutes to set up the the ad or the landing page and um, and just see if, uh, yeah, just see if, um, see if people click on it and see if people want to do it. Um, I think it does a few different things. One, it tests the t- tests the the concept, but also it like gives you that first bit of fire of actually making something happen. Mm. And like those tools are pretty easy to to set up and just kind of get going off. So I think once yeah, you yeah. get something to life, then it'll. For anyone listening that might be either starting a business or they've already started one, if you could give one piece of practical advice uh, to someone starting a business or looking to, what would that be? So it could be to do with marketing, budgeting, hiring, um, iteration, anything. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to kind of the first thing that we were talking about, about boiling down the idea to the MVP, like so many people I hear, you know, you see it on even on Dragon's Den as well. Like these people who put hundreds of thousands of pounds of their life savings Mm. into making this widget or whatever that it turns out no one cares about. Like, I think get that piece of advice that we got right at the beginning around like, you know, build this thing because not only is it like obviously it can succeed and it can do well, but it could also be the reason, you know, if you if you build it and see if people want to pay for it, that could be the reason that tells you not to do that business. And like, you know, maybe you you learn um, that it's not going to be viable way quicker, way cheaper mm. than spending hundreds of thousands of pounds to figure out the exact same result. Um, so I think reading the, um, uh, you know, about the Eric Reese's like um, uh, MVP stuff, all of that, I think it's so important to like figure out what is the boiled down version of your product or your idea or whatever you're trying to build and get people to pay for it as quick as possible. Don't mess around with making a website or making some cool branding or any of this kind of stuff. Like just figure out, are people going to pay for it as quick as possible um, with the least budget, the least amount of time? And yeah, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Don't don't waste time on other stuff until you figure that out. So for everyone listening at home that might have already started a business or they're thinking about starting one, if there was one piece of practical advice that you could give, uh, you know, less on the kind of motivational, inspiring side and more on the real sort of practical, actionable stuff. Mm. Um, what would you what would you say? Understand your number and have a proper um accounting setup from day one it would benefit you huge because a lot of people like doing business Mm. but if you are not clear with your number then a lot of work just go wasted because the biggest uh things that go wrong it's not like you know you and your co-founder are not getting a budget it's just like they say market product fit right is your is your product really relevant and is it new Right, because if it's you know relevant, but it's already been done five times, never going to work. If it's new but not relevant, then it's it's those two simple things: is it relevant and is it new? Um, but you might think so, but check, and don't check with family and friends like I did. Check with someone who would actually buy your product. Check mm. with like a Google, and that's the cool thing. Like I said, that will actually help you buy it. And if they do find something that's interesting about it, it's an easier sell to them. So just go to the market. Uh, whatever product you have, because with every product, I think you can make kind of a, that minimum viable product. Yeah. It's not only in the digital world. It's also mm-hmm. kind of in every single uh, place, I think. So if there was one piece of practical advice that you could give to anyone listening who may already have a business or maybe looking to start one, um, one practical, actionable piece of advice, you know, less uh, believe in yourself and more to do with anything, budgeting, hiring, marketing, whatever you like, what would you say? Well, the first one is, 
not what you've asked for, but in my experience, 17 years in now, I would say trust yourself. Because as you grow, you get people, you're very lucky you put people around yourself and, you know, that's a blessing and you've, you know, I've, I'm, I find that deeply, deeply um, mind-blowing in a way that people would still, like, see me as somebody that they want to pin their colours to. But when I've not, when I've gone against my instincts, I've always regretted it, you know, always. So I think that's the most important thing that I tell myself. It's like, you know, when your gut's saying this is a decision and, you know, you kick it around, you have board meetings, you know, chat, 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 chat. That's, that's, that's the message to myself. Practically, I would say it's, you know, God, there's so many, but I, I think you've got to keep control of your cost base. It's very, very easy mm. for that to just creep up, creep up, creep up. And the problem with that is that, you know, you close your eyes, you wake up, you're in a place you don't want to be, and you have to do things that are um, unpleasant. Mm. So I think, you know, controlling that, controlling your cash flow, critical, otherwise you will go out of business. And... And then I think it's probably about brand, you know, for me. It's like um, try and be visible, try and be authentic, try and be consistent with that. Because if you set out a customer promise to people, I think it's easier to then, you know, get the business to, well, in some ways, I think it's easier to engage your people to really believe in that. Well, I don't know um, if it's that practical, but your desire for gain should be greater than your fear of loss if you want to succeed in anything that you're doing going forward. Obviously, the whole point of the show is we are successful people exactly how they did it. Emphasis on exactly. We focus on the practical. So if you could give advice to anyone who's got a business or is thinking of starting one, one practical, actionable piece of advice, what would you give? Could be anything to do with sort of building, marketing, budgeting, anything, something practical. I think I would have to say choose a simple product and just add a twist to it and don't um, waste time thinking of like a crazy two different product. Just choose something simple that a lot of people will uh, need or want um, and then just think about how you're going to make it different from the competition. So for someone thinking about starting, my biggest advice is just start. Like figure out what is the quickest way you can start something. And actually this is true both for people starting a business, but also people working in startups or um, earlier stage companies. It's like, you can spend all of this time planning, thinking, wondering, just go and start it. Um, again, like if you have the privilege where you have some sort of safety net, the risk is very, very low. Mm. Like um, you can do it in your evenings or your weekends or uh, outside of work and, and just see, can you figure out the very first customer? Can you get someone on board? Can you like, hack around it in some way? Because if you can't do that, you're you're probably going to come up against so many bigger roadblocks in the future that you're going to struggle against. So like just start mm. um, is, is really on like on an ongoing basis. The thing that I share with people, I would say um, protect yourself, right? Write all the policies, make sure all the contracts are in place, everything in place, because that's what later causes you a lot of stress. And while you getting all that information, uh, in like like all your licensing and this and that and the other, it removes a lot of stress later. So you know there is not going to be like uh, uh, council tax comes in, it, it sends you an email. Tomorrow we're coming for an uh, an ex inspection, and they literally check everything. 
So unless, so in the UK, there is a very strict rules and regulations on many things and people could be checked at any point. So if you know there are some weak points, especially to do with the paperwork, licensing, contracts with the staffing and things like this, this is quite important because that's where people go wrong like electricity bill if you didn't register didn't give them the meters all of a sudden you get at the end of the year ten thousand pounds do you have that money did you know so i think number one is like be quite specific about the paperwork and the licensing and all of that type of thing that so you know so it works so you don't get those surprises because it's those surprises expensive surprises Mm -hmm. or time-consuming surprises which really can take a lot of your mm. time most of the bollocks you think you need to do you don't need to do so so i think the um the role of a founder they have one job and one job only and that is to find product market fit um so everything else that's going to be a distraction from you finding out building a product that is a solution to what the market wants and again it's about really deeply understanding and finding that right match it doesn't matter the other things like there's a lot of things that feel cool and sexy about being a ceo of a brand of, of a company like i've got lawyers now i've got an office like i've, I've got a like, even a limited company you don't need any of those things you can just launch instantly start trialing it and start talking to people understanding their pains and their wants and then building that solution to it um and i i wish i knew that when i started out doing these the number of things that i wasted so i say you just have to become super obsessive about understanding that customer providing that service asking them how that service was making the service better getting out there again and repeat and the founder uniquely is the person who can do that because they see across the whole side of it they see the sales conversations they see the customer success they they see the product development they're across the whole lot so they have more information about all of this which means that they can make gut shots that no one else in the business can make and you've got to be brave enough to make those gut shots because they're the things that will have the exponential effects the zero to one effects in the business about finding product market fit because everyone else's job is to support you in doing that until you've reached that critical mass and mass and it's probably about that same point that a brand does seven million pounds in revenue is that you actually can automate and start scaling things out but before then you're about finding that product market fit or that brand market fit or whatever that case may be and then it's about scaling it and turning it into a repeatable machine when you are then removed from it and that's when your job goes from being a founder to a ceo i think building the right team and getting the foundations right right at the beginning will set the tone for the for for the course of your business so you can obviously unpick it if you get it wrong but having you know if you've set it up by yourself having the first uh three, four, five hires around you that that have drunk your Kool-Aid, buy into what you're going to do and are going to back you uh, come rain or shine, um, I think will we'll probably dictate a large, a large chance of your success. You know, t- team, team makes such a difference. Start, like, honestly, start, and that is not cliche, like, I'm going to go in a little bit deeper on that. Our product was not perfect when we launched. In fact, like, if, if we still had that product today, we would not be in the position we are, and actually, I probably wouldn't drink it. Mm. so start because it will never be perfect and it will never we were meant to launch a completely different product actually the money that we raised money for on kickstarter was a matcha latte in a different packaging it was in a tetra pack which is like a carton it wasn't a matcha energy drink in a can and it was only until i'd quit my job and i realized that it you know that we realized that it had to work that we were willing to push through all of the shit and all of the reasons that people told us it wouldn't work if i had an out if I had an escape, if I had another job, if this was a side hustle, I don't think, I think I would have quit. Mm. And also the other thing, other piece of advice is like, I would never have done this alone. Truthfully, Marissa, she's cool. But um, 
But I think going on this journey alone, for me, I would have quit 10 times. You know, wow. Genuinely, I would have quit 10 times. And so if, in my opinion, if you're an entrepreneur looking to start a business or anyone looking to start a venture, I think it's a lot easier if you have someone by, by your side. Yeah, absolutely. My piece of advice actually builds on what Teddy's saying. I think um, for any entrepreneur, founder, um, if they do have a co-founder, it's great because they have someone there as well to give them kind of affirmation that they're yeah. doing a good job. But it's difficult to tell sometimes if you are doing a good job. Obviously, you can gauge whether or not you are based on how the business is doing. But I think sometimes it gets really freaking hard. You can lose motivation. You can feel super down. And you kind of at times forget about why you started it in the first mm -hmm. place. I think it becomes really easy to kind of forget that purpose. And so something I do that is actionable is I screenshot customer reviews. I screenshot emails from you know um, customers saying that the product has really helped them. And it's such a powerful reminder of why we're doing this. Um, or I'll just email, you know, if I got a really nice message from someone saying that they really enjoyed working with us um, on a partnership, I'm like, that was really nice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to just have those tidbits that remind you that you're doing great. Like, just keep yeah, going, yeah, you know? Yeah. I just want to add, sorry, one last thing. Yeah, so yeah, go for it. It. yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, uh, just on like the just starting piece, like the, the number one thing that I hear that like frustrates me and I think that I would want to be told is people always make excuses to why they haven't started. Oh, I will get to it next week or whatever. And I think holding yourself accountable and just doing what you said you were going to mm. do. You know, if anyone reaches out to me on LinkedIn or over email and they're not trying to sell me a, a software service, yeah. like, and they're asking for advice, I will genuinely offer any advice that yeah. I, if I, if I am in a position to even offer anything that I think is valuable. Mm. But what is so frustrating is when people know what they need to do, but they just don't do it. And it might be anxiety, it might be uncertainty, it might be laziness. But like those people, I don't have as much time for mm -hmm. because like only you can kind of help yourself. Of course. Stephen Bartlett is not going to run our business for us. He is not going to get the cans onto Tesco's shelf. What he can do mm -hmm. is pour fuel on the fire and uh, provide a lot of strategic advice and support and mentorship and love and attention. Um, but it needs to come from you. Right, before we end, uh, we have a question that we ask everyone at the end of every interview, which is basically, obviously we're a practical podcast, we focus on the actionable. If you could give one piece of actionable, practical advice for someone who's looking to start a business or has already started one, uh, what would you say? Talk to someone about it. Because people don't, I think people have these ideas and they think that if I talk about my idea, someone's going to nick my idea. No one's going to nick your idea. And if they do, then they should have done it anyway. <laughs> if you don't talk about your idea, then you don't get feedback. And feedback is so crucial to kind of padding out that idea. Um, you might find a co-founder. You might find an advisor. You might find someone that is just like, oh, I'll do this for you and help you out with this. Um you might also just realize it's a really terrible idea and you shouldn't be doing it. But um, yeah, I think actually just talking about your idea is the very first step you can do into actually getting anywhere with it. I think a lot of people have this idea that you need to be 
um, there's like this kind of glorified idea that you need to be taking huge risks and like sacrificing your career and stuff. Like, I think you can take pretty reasonable steps to actually get stuff relatively, you know, try things out, test them, get things off the ground alongside another job. I mean, granted, if you're doing investment banking, probably not. Mm. But, you know, if you're doing a corporate gig, you, you can actually dabble a bit and kind of side hustle a little bit, see if you enjoy it, see if it has like a little bit of uptake get some validation before you just jump in mm-hmm. like th- this the idea the idea that entrepreneurs take tons of risk is actually factually totally incorrect it's more that you take very high risk based on like people who aren't conditioning on what you know right it seems like you're taking a lot of risk you're actually taking calculated risks and you have information that says that the risk is much lower than other people are pricing it at. If you wanted to really simplify the model of how businesses work, you you basically have something to sell and you need a way of selling it. And I think uh, normally by nature, entrepreneurs get very excited about the first part, the product part. And like, you know, that's the thing you can control. So you put a lot of time into like, I'm going to make, even like thinking of us with our podcast we were talking earlier, like, we put so much time into the content and we're like, yeah, this is so, everyday things. Yeah, <laughs> nice plug. This is like, this is the bit we can control and it's the fun part. But, I think people generally massively underweight how much you need to put time into like the how you sell it part, the marketing part. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, we were talking earlier about Facebook ads and stuff and kind of joking about that, but it's not normally as simple as like you just put some ads on social media. So I'd say when you're starting out, you want to kind of MVP the first part, get, get the sort of minimum basic or minimum delightful thing up. But mm. you really are testing to see how do I sell this? Like how, yeah. how can I get this to market? How can I get people to buy it? And I think people don't tend to put enough weight on that part so i would right, say right, right. like we and this was something we were kind of lucky with i suppose but we we nailed it with the ppc because yeah. we hadn't had that experience from the agency and i've, and it just I've heard this this expression yeah the expression min, uh, minimum viable channel and oh, yeah. mvc well there we yeah. go oh, this is this okay. is nice so the yeah. same like it's if you have an amazing product but there's no feasible way to distribute it you don't have a business right. and I, I think to, to what jake says i think it's peter Thielism, um where he says like Okay product, great distribution beats great product, bad distribution. Uh, okay yeah. distribution. Take the time just to build the right team. That's co-founders. That is the early team that you hire. Your early te- your f- co-founders will hire your early team. Your early team will hire your next set of people on the team. They will hire the next people on the team. They will set your culture. Most people get it wrong, not because they don't want to get it right, but because they are impatient. They're not willing to go through the grind of interviewing hundreds of people. And they want to solve the short-term problem today not recognizing the long-term i call it people or organizational debt they take on as well so start with team i think every single great company is built on a great team there is no successful company that was built with a bad team in Mm. my opinion we like to wrap up every episode with the same question yes as you know we focus on the practical here at the ground floor so the same question we ask at the end of every episode is if you could give one piece of practical advice to someone listening that might be either thinking of starting a business or has already started a business what would that piece of advice be erring on the side of practical actionable so less you know you have to really work and grind out Mm. work hard and something that's like i did this budgeting hiring marketing anything yeah i'd say number one find a niche Find something that somebody hasn't done that you wish had been created for you. Number two, growth mindset is everything. You can achieve anything. It doesn't matter what people have told you in the past. You know, people told you you're clever or you're not clever. It really makes no difference. It's about what you believe inside. Um, And number three, keep learning. So find your mentors. Nowadays, we don't have to be friends with our mentors. We can read their books. We can learn from their mistakes. So Shoe Dog was one of my favorite books. Um, Yeah, Nike book. Uh, Phil Knight. I learned so much just reading his book, learning that he came from 
grassroots just like I was and achieved astronomical heights just by having that growth mindset um, and then the fourth thing is help everyone around you so really try and help other content creators we are in this thing together and we rise together so it's not about competing with each other like it maybe might have been in the last generation now it's about helping each other because that this is the the era that we're in so mm. those four things i think should hopefully be helpful for anyone out there that might be thinking of starting a business or might already have a business if you could give one piece of practical advice so something more tangible and actionable what would that be so I've, I've said this a lot of times but it's the same thing and i'd always say it you have to do something every single day that makes your idea seem more real than the day before Right, so people overcomplicate the long game. They want to jump from zero to, to 10,000, right? When the first step needs to be zero to one. So what can you do today that just makes that idea seem more real? It could well be you drop a business plan. It could be that you record a podcast just of yourself introducing the podcast, right? And get a mic, right? Or just buy the mic is the first step, right? Whatever you do has to be a daily action that makes it seem more real. Because if you lose that momentum, you'll kind of lose the, the stopping part for one. But two, you ju it just has to be a daily thing. You have to make it small and just do it. So for us, snacks in a box. Order the snacks, order the boxes, get in the garage, sit on LinkedIn. That made it more real, right? We had the stock then, we had mm. to move it. Otherwise, yeah. we just kind of lost out. So you know, you, everything you do, every action you take propels the next action more. But just do something every day that makes it seem more real in your head than the day before. If you want the practical advice, it's follow the money. Um, uh, we, we sort of started by chatting about that. It's... Um, that's served me very, very well. And and I don't mean that in the, the kind of throwaway way. I mean it in the get someone to pay you for it. You got an idea? Cool. Get someone to actually pay. Till there's an invoice and someone's paid it, like, I don't believe it's a business. And I think that's... that's very, very good. Yeah. And that advice. still applies for us now, right? Like, we're, you know, we're... we're launching into some new areas at work in terms of how we work with other infrastructure companies for example and how we can support them yeah so it's a very different model but it's like cool we have this amazing asset it's a little bit like amazon you know built all their data centers out to run their own business and then they went well maybe we should sort of provide that service to others my argument to the team is like before you go away and build teams around it and a load of process and a load of other stuff build a slide deck do the bare minimum go out pitch it get a competitor to pay us we will very quickly backfill how on earth we then deliver on that the first time mm. but like prove to me that someone will actually pay us to do that and then then we've got a business we like to ask everyone that comes on the show um obviously the point of the ground floor is to ask people exactly how they did it so we like to focus on practical advice mm. we normally ask people um if there was one piece of practical or tangible advice uh, that you can give to someone who might be looking to start a business what would it be so you know less you know believe in yourself and more this is something that's actionable uh in your case if you could give one piece of advice that's looking to start a charity mm. what would it be yeah i i say to everyone focus on the problem because the solution will always change and um for me uh the problem was that there is no sustainable solution where people who don't have access to electric washing machine can wash their clothes and as long as you focus on that and keep focusing on that whether it's a manual washing machine or a laundrette or a service, that will come later. But just keep focusing on the problem and keep telling people about this issue because that's half the battle. If people know, then people gather and support around you. So yeah, that was my 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 my, my first piece of advice, which is you know, 
get to know and understand the problem and, and really fall in love with that problem um, uh, and then tell people uh, and and get as many people around you as possible that are willing to support you. I'll give a food and drink specific one and then a more general one. Okay. The food and drink specific one, I think, is definitely try to get some kind of market stall set up or somewhere where you can um, sample or deliver your products to a broader audience, broad audience and get and get feedback. It's great for giving you confidence that you're not onto something completely, um, completely kind of out of, out of this world in terms of no one wants it. Um, but is also really good for kind of building up a bit of enthusiasm and early momentum with any business you're building. And the community we've built around the market store has been invaluable and a great source of support when we've needed it. Um, and the more general one would be when you're when you're prototyping do you think very very carefully about doing test runs doing trials before you go to things at a massive scale um i think that won't come as any shock to people but i think that actually getting a a, a minimum viable or a, a prototype done putting it in front of people and seeing seeing how they respond before then going and scaling up is, is a really good shout. And I guess I'm not only alluding to kitchen recipe and sampling amongst your friends, but also uh, that trial batch where I tried to make make kind of a, a mini quantity of something and it immediately threw up two pretty major issues that otherwise would have meant if I hadn't noticed them that the business would have ceased to exist almost before it started. So. Um, yeah, make sure to do your trials and, and tests and prototype thoroughly. So as you know, the theme of the show is people who actually, the tangible steps of how you did it. Yeah. So not hard work, believe in yourself, manifest, although that stuff is important, something actually actionable that they can take home and, and do. Trademark your share. <laughs> Say that again? Trademark your share. Trademark your share. Trademark okay. it story to way, because yeah, the second yeah. it gets good, you know your packaging, your name, your branding yeah. is going to end up on like AliExpress and they're going to be <laughs> claiming it. So like trademark it from the second you come up with it. To anyone who is looking to become a musician or get into that world, if you could give them one piece of practical, actionable advice, you know, not like believe in yourself and all that kind of stuff, like something that they can actually use, what would you say? Put out music that you like and collaborate as much as possible and start a relationship with you and you know your your fans you know the people that are responsible for your success or demise you know um it's super important that that is everything you know you make music to connect with yourself and other people and so just get started on that um if you want to do it independently it will be the thing which allows you to have a business if you want it to do it with a major label or any other label it's a thing that they're going to be looking at when they're thinking do i want to work with this person um so yeah that, that that's the most important thing my only piece of advice is because i know um the true meaning to life is to just bow your head down five times i'll be honest with you i can't like there's nothing else i can say for business and that will make your business successful i swear to you because that structure it gives you when you bow your head five times a day and you're on that path there's nothing that takes you left or right you can't go to drugs you can't go to women you can't fornicate you can't go you can't do anything all you're focusing on is your business and that 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 power that you get from being focused makes you successful that's what i know because that's like i'm married like i'm straight like i got my kids i love everyone 
I'm just on some I'm just on some superpower mode. And without those without that prayer, I, I was there was no superpower. I was light, I was easy, I was flying away. I was all oh, derailing. Left, right, up, down, hate my boom, boom. Mm. Now it's just like just too focused. It's power. So thing is, you know, that is my answer. I can't I can't tell you start work work hard, be focused, doing this, because at the end of the day, you're gonna derail. Mm. The first step is to be straight. That makes your business successful. Because if you're saying you're gonna be successful, but then you got an an addiction problem, you gotta stop that first. But the way to stop every single thing is by praying your five times um, salah a day. Because that five times, every single time is a reminder. You're reminding yourself all day long, I gotta be good, I gotta be clean, I gotta be this, oh, my attention, oh, that was wrong, okay, I'm gonna stop that, I'm not gonna do that again. And you do it again, oh, I'm gonna stop, I'm not gonna do it again, I'm not gonna do it again, oh, please, please forgive me, please forgive me. All of a sudden, you stop it. Because you, every time you remind yourself, I can't do it, I can't do it. So if there was one piece of practical, actionable advice that you could give, so not like, you know, work hard and believe in yourself, but something practical on any subject, um, what would it be? Um, hmm. There's a book and a YouTube video TED talk you guys might know it start with why the golden yeah, circle Simon, yeah, Sinek, yeah. Yeah. Simon yeah. Sinek I'd say start with that I say start with that I say don't chase don't chase the cash to start with chase actually what you're passionate about um, as I said before they business gets too hard for you to be just be doing things for the money um, so first figure out the niche you want to serve or if it's not even a niche you want to serve figure out actually what makes you happy um, and try and find somewhere or something in that which is gonna which is gonna make you cash now it's not listen there's a big I don't agree with do what makes you happy and you'll find success in you you won't right yeah. because actually I don't get happy by having to do you know look over accounts and you know shit like that um, but I found like a narrative which was boxing that I was able to try and figure out business within that try and find that first you know because um, I think businesses that are going to survive now especially now more than ever in a very turbulent time it's going to be the ones that actually stand for something mm. and mean something it's really important to have a work-life balance and I realise that that is totally against what most people who are entrepreneurs will say and I feel like there's this whole almost like a dirty word around lifestyle businesses and because everyone's like no you need to yourself to make like to be an entrepreneur you need to work every single hour every single day and don't get me wrong you need to work really hard but I didn't have that luxury of being able to work 24 7 because I needed a certain amount of sleep to be semi-okay and I think that this this sort of, I think it's really toxic actually to have this sort of level of work that you have nothing outside of it. Because, you know, I had it last year, I was really, really busy in my, in my business and I kind of, I was drowning. And I was like, do you know what? This is not making me happy. And I sat back and I was like, oh my God, I've got a business that I, I thought I loved. I love, it in principle but actually spending 50 60 hours a week making bells is not making me happy and then I stood back and went because I'm burnt out because actually I don't have any time for anything outside of that I don't have time to actually be creative and that's what I love and there's a really good um sort of matrix of I'll try and explain this in a way without mm. like visual but you know you you have the four sort of categories and you've got low paid um and low value jobs, high pay, oh, and sorry, jobs that you don't enjoy. Jobs that you don't enjoy that pay well. You've got jobs that don't pay anything, but you love and then well paid and uh, you love doing it. And basically you obviously want to kind of be in this top right hand quadrant. And if you're constantly working in all four, you're never going to be happy. But if you lose this creative sort of restorative bit, you also won't be happy. Mm -hmm. I just found that I was in this quadrant 
drowning <laughs> and I was like I'm unhappy mm. and I thought I wouldn't be because I was like our business is turning over more than I can imagine like I never thought I'd get to this point and I was deeply unhappy and it's been really good this year taking a step back and going I need to hire someone you know I had my first hire and she's she's come in and she's great and she she's taking the workload off the bits that are sort of not worth my time to do and that's freed me up to do creative stuff. My husband's coming on board to also free me up to do more of the creative. And I just think that sometimes we equate working longer and longer hours with more output. And actually I think it's about working more strategically because ultimately at the end of the day, and again, I realize I have a very different perspective, but on your deathbed, you're not gonna say, I wish I'd worked harder. You can say, I wish I'd spent the time with my family and my friends and went on the holiday and those are the those are the memories and you know I think probably because I've sort of had that experience of you know I didn't think I'd see 30 I was 30 this year so that was a good milestone (laughs) thanks um it really gave me a different a different kind of perspective on what life is about and it's, it's going pretty deep but you know I think that we shouldn't over glamorize working to burnout or working past burnout you know I think and not as a criticism but quite a few of your guests have said oh you need to you know just put your life aside for five years and just work to burnout and it's like but when when you have those moments in life where life stops and I don't know if either of you ever had those where you know there were two in my life it was when my dad had his stroke and you literally didn't know what time of the day it was and you didn't care because all that mattered was in that room with your family and the other was when I thought I had a brain tumor and life just stops literally nothing else matters and don't get me wrong I love what I do it brings me energy I thoroughly enjoy it I get to make women feel beautiful and empowered and strong and that is at the heart of why I do what I do but I also want to make sure that I live my life and I think sometimes we get sucked into this we need to make more money because we have a more expensive lifestyle to make more money and I think a lifestyle business is great you know I get to go on holiday with my husband Mm. and we live in our lovely little cottage in the countryside and I just think that if you don't get me wrong if you want to run a tech business and exit in two years and sell it for a billion pounds you need to work 120 hours a week fine and then what do you do with your life but if you actually want something that you kind of don't want to retire from because you love it you need to make it sustainable and you just can't do that if you're working every single day and you're missing out on life because life is what is around work as well as what's in it so that would be my tip uh, someone actually asked me this uh, at the weekend and so i know what the answer is <laughs> Glad to know I, 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 I stick to the answer <laughs> which is find someone really good in hr and I'll tell you the reason why that's the case. Very early on, you will, as a founder, you will find yourself spending so much time on the HR aspect of your business to the detriment of everything else. So find a consultant to man- help you manage that as opposed to if you don't have the resources to bring it in-house initially because they will then deal with you know issues with your team, the legislation around HR, and that is... HR is so important, so important to get it right. It's important that your team, um, 
you show that you value it and you value their opinions and they will guide you and show you what to do. So that is the biggest piece of advice I can give.